0: Yeah, well, I've been working with communities all around the world for about two decades, and a lot of that work has been focused at a grassroots level around supporting sort of um, economic projects around livelihoods, but really working with a strengths based approach. So, working with what's there in the community and helping them identify opportunities that are right there um, to support wellbeing more generally. Um, and then what, what happened was I set up the Centre for Social Change in 2012 and we, we kind of had a split focus. We were doing a lot of work. This is, you know, the bad days of when Abbott first got in mm. and we were doing a lot of work with environment and climate groups to for them to rethink what's our role at building a movement now and, and helping them with community organising strategies. So I was doing that work in Australia, but overseas kept doing the economic development work. And then one day I got a phone call from um, an activist up in Mackay and they were hosting the wonderful Tim Buckley, who was doing a speaking tour around the end of coal um, at the time that the coal price was down in a coal mining region. And they were finding that when he spoke about the end of coal markets and, and the fact that we need to start thinking about something different, people actually believed him and they started freaking out. So they called me and said, look, don't you work with communities to help them plan this stuff? And I went, well, I haven't done that in Australia around coal, but I can you know give them some steps if they want to start taking action and they said don't worry about it they're going to hate you it doesn't matter what you say they'll think you're a agreeing but when I went up we found the opposite there were so many people who were just relieved that somebody was talking about next steps and were really angry that the government hadn't done anything about it and so the work just sort of exploded from there and I got all these invitations to talk to rural communities all over Australia not just coal affected regions but Small towns that are really struggling, and people wanting opportunities in actually moving towards a clean economy, moving towards a a greener economy, things that will give back to the land and look after the land, but actually look after people as well. So, since then, I've been doing work with communities at that level, but also with government and unions to help them think through what are the opportunities um, in strengthening the economy and actually doing what we know we need to do in terms of reducing carbon emissions, regenerating the land. Um, thinking about the impacts of automation and and justice issues as well. So that's why we're we're basically rebranding the Centre for Social Change as the next economy, to have an organisation that is really standing in that question of, well, what do we do about the economy? How do we actually start taking action on that?
1: What's the tension, I guess, between necessity of being oppositional Versus being creative.
0: How do, you walk, how do you walk that balance of where people are in opposition to get them to a point where they can be more open and creative? Is that?
1: Yeah, but just also, you know, there's a lot happening in our world at the moment that requires opposition. You know, and mm-hmm. and yep. that's that's something that you know I think needs to be flamed in uh, in many kind of sleepy people. But there's there's also. How do we do that in a way that's as constructive and creative and and looking towards uh, implementing creative solutions?
0: Um, It's really interesting. I think I look at social change generally as kind of a jigsaw puzzle and I think there's lots of different pieces to it and there's lots of different roles that need to be played. Mm. So we need people who are going to stand really clearly and firmly in the know. Like what are we opposing? What is actually wrong with the current system? And are going to be loud and clear and uncompromising on that position, so we need to like Straodni movements and and things like that um and I guess the 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 other part that's been missing, which is kind of what I've stumbled into though, is while there's a no, there's also well, what comes next, like nice. how do we start building? Um, what's going to replace that? Because we're in the transition at the moment. We don't know exactly what the mix is going to be on the other side of it. But we do know we've got lots of solutions available to us um, that could radically change how the economy and and how politics works as well, like redistributing power. So we need people who are going to stand in that. What are the possibilities to actually invite people to, to start having a different kind of conversation if they're ready for it. There are going to be, there's a lot of people out there who aren't. Like people have chosen sides and there's a battle going on at the moment. Yeah. And we see that whenever there's big social change, um, people are going to dig their heels in who don't want change. And then we need people to, to match that power um, to push. Um, but I'm interested in that bit in the middle. And what I'm finding, which has been so surprising and filled me with hope, was the communities I go into like people I'll be in this town hall and there might be 100 people there or less sometimes 20 people so in these town halls people are sitting there with their arms crossed going yeah 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 some person from the city probably a greenie in disguise and you know very sceptical and I'm just up front I'm going look what I do is work with communities around community development and economic development issues I care about people But I also know that we've got some massive challenges on the horizon, not just climate change. And I don't even open up that discussion about whether it's real or not. It's like it is real. And most farmers actually know something is happening. Um, It's all these changes that are happening to all of our communities where people feel that they don't have a lot of control. And I acknowledge that and say this is leaving a lot of people feeling abandoned, feeling really scared, um, and not feeling like they've got any options. But you know what, there are communities that are just getting on with the job and they're they're seeing it as an opportunity to create something better. Let me give you some examples. And just by doing that, by acknowledging the fear, it disarms the opposition straight away because it's like, look, I don't have all the answers. I have some examples. Um, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. But I do, you know, I do care about communities. I know you care about your community. So how do we just shift the the focus a bit to get on with the job of building something better?
1: Yeah.
0: And so you're actually able to deal with the challenges that are coming, because you're going to need a lot more in place than you've got now. And people get that. And just naming the fact that there are some big trends that aren't their fault <laughs> that are that everyone is facing um, takes the pressure off them and creates an opening to think more creatively. And you know, they're still going to be in opposition but it's been amazing like I worked in uh, Gloucester just around the time just before um, they kicked out the calcium gas like finally won the anti-calcium gas campaign and there were people in the room who had not spoken to each other had known each other all their entire lives but Hmm. for two years hadn't spoken to each other and just by workshopping okay what do we actually have in this community that is good that you want to build on What are the new opportunities coming in? What are people passionate about? By the end of the weekend, we had people who hadn't been speaking together actually working on the same projects. And one of them was starting a community-owned renewable energy project because it was practical and it was something they had control over and enabled them to park the politics for a moment and go, well, we come from the same community. We both care. So let's just focus on that for the moment
1: dwell a little bit more on, I guess, the politics of it. And you mentioned there, you know, not dwelling on the politics of it, but actually can we imagine, you know, a politics which which actually has this invitation, you know, like this this uh, some kind of grassroots, you know, momentum growing around the idea of post-capitalism, which has politics of real inclusion and, and an invitation to create Something better?
0: Yeah, I'd love to see that, but I don't know that the current political environment supports that (laughs) in terms of the big P politics.
1: um, We don't even bother talking about them.
0: (laughs) Um, I think what's really exciting to me is seeing, and this is kind of, hadn't really, like, it's the side effect for me, but I think it's a really important one, is by bringing it back to that local level and for people to start working together on things that are really practical, they're actually learning a different kind of politics. Like we've had we've had a state power like the state government like for decades now, like a system that has actually worked for most people. So in a way Australia's got to a point where we've given away a lot of our power and said, you know, well that government should do something about that. Or now a company should do something about that. This is kind of getting people back to when they were having to work on a project that's around food or energy or whatever it is or a social enterprise or you know whatever. It's like, oh, actually we have to learn how to work together differently. We have to learn how to make decisions differently. we have to learn how to participate in our own um, in decisions out of our own local area. Um, that's a different kind of politics. Hmm. And that's what I'm really interested in. And and coming into that space now, is filling that gap is, I guess, the um, resurgence of cooperative models and and other models like that, which you know are radically different to say a top-down company structure where some people have all the power, control, and just dictate to everybody else. And it's it's interesting how scary it is for people to step into that space and 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 learn to be interdependent, mm-hmm. learn to take the lead, um, learn to convene discussions and meetings. It's that really micro-level skills, but I think that's where the new politics is being born.
1: So talk about all this in the context of uh, economic diversity in the energy sector, post-capitalism in the here and now. And I'm, I'm stealing from a piece of yours that you have uh, coming out soon, yeah?
0: Yeah. Um, I guess to me, well, I going back to the idea of diversity is... All right. I, I want to be having more conversations with people around the fact that we do have options. We often think that it's kind of there's capitalism or bust when we have to like pull down or change the, the big capitalist system. But actually, when you really look at the current system we've got, any sector, there's actually a lot of diversity in the types of structures that we've got in place. Like in Australia, if you take the energy sector, we do have big privately owned corporations that are the very typical capitalist model um, in terms of they're designed to make profit to benefit shareholders and owners. Um, they see energy as a commodity to be traded. Um, you know that's the classic kind of capitalist model. But also in our system we have publicly owned um, utilities. So in Queensland we have two state owned energy companies that generate energy. And now there's um, over 90 groups around Australia who have set up or are in the process of setting up community-owned renewable energy projects, which tend to be cooperatively owned and locally owned and make sure those benefits actually flow to the local community. So they have a different conceptualisation of what their economic purpose is um, and, and how that operates and how decisions get made around that. So... You know, a publicly owned company, in the ideal sense, sees energy as a as a public good, um, is generating profits to go back into subsidising other um, services and making electricity more affordable. It ideally, doesn't actually always happen that way. Um, and community owned renewable energy, again, is seeing this as an essential service. It's locally owned. The money is recirculated in that local economy. Decisions are made in that in that local context. So. You know, these are ideal types and doesn't always work out that way. And also private companies in Australia aren't just free to do whatever they want. We've got a whole lot of regulations that mean that they, they have to meet standards. So they're not operating as purely private capitalist entities. But the first step to me is that we see that we've got options. We see that there's actually different models at work, um, which opens up different spaces to think about post-capitalist future. Because, it's, you know, we have the options already here.
1: So, what's what's a good way for, for our listeners to engage with everything we're talking about here today? What can you direct them to some resources of your own, or any kind of inspiring places for people to to get uh, some further information?
0: Well, yeah, there's a lot that's <laughs> popping up. Um, so we're launching the next economy. Um, we don't have the website up yet, unfortunately, but stay tuned. Um, if you want to hear more about the work that we're doing, the best way is to go to the Centre Centre for Social Change website, which is just centreforsocialchange.com.au and subscribe on um, the subscribe button down the bottom and you'll get any news about events or also when we're launching the next economy and when the website's up and up and live Um, If people are interested if they've got projects happening at a local level we're starting it We've got an incubator type project program uh, Being launched in the second half of this year where we want to support around 10 community-based Projects that are building a different kind of economy. That's good for people and the planet um, so if people have got projects that they want support with we're running a 12-month program so they can apply for that So definitely subscribe to the sort of social change website so you can find out about that um, And also we've got a brilliant new network in Australia called NINA, which is the new economy network of Australia and You can sign up to the website and the Facebook page for that as well um, And that's a group of I think over 300 Organizations around Australia who are trying to build a new economy Um, and there's lots of things happening there too. So that would be a good starting point.
1: Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Oh, thanks for having me.